uh, I think before we officially start, Abuji, a lot of people are curious. What on earth are you currently doing? Obviously, we have a short conversation. Uh, we messaged back and forth and you told me, uh, sorry for disclosing to the public, <laughs> uh, you work at Epi. Well, obviously, yeah. that's where all the money comes from. <laughs> you are a part of uh, about six or seven D5 projects that launched yeah. and uh, done a peak aggregate of, ooh, am I allowed to disclose this? I guess I'll just go for it. 10 to 12 billion US dollars in deposits. Now, that's crazy. Uh, apart from that, I think that's your Batman job. That's your nighttime job. Uh, what, do you read? what do you do during the daytime? What do you do during the, the legit times? Are you, are you a family man? Do you have kids or whatnot? Go ahead, Abuji. Uh, I can't really dox that part about it. <laughs> I, I, I made a few jokes about my wife though. So, um, she reads my tweets. Um, and usually my jokes are fantastic or I'll be laughing at them myself. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a, I do have a lot of, I, ha, I should run a lot of, a couple of businesses. I, I do um, digital marketing. Uh, I do digital strategy. I do education and training. Um, you probably, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as um, quiet as I might, might, might think, uh, but I've been doing crypto for six years now. Yeah, so the thing about it was it was more of like for fun. Um, and then um, because if real life got boring, then I would have uh, all my online friends, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and then when the bear market hits, it's nice to go back to the real world. And, you know, they say touch the grass, you know, smell the farts, feel the sun or whatever it is, you know, so... Um, yeah, I've got that going as well. Uh, it's kind of useful when you have the bear market, right? So you kind of have uh, a lot of things that you can do. So I, I, I tend to touch a lot of things, uh, but specifically I do um, digital marketing uh, a lot. Hmm, digital, digital marketing, I assume, is for multiple projects, uh, mostly NFT projects, I assume? No, no, in real life, man. Like, you know, I actually do have a real-life <laughs> job. So, no, well, not a job. I, do, I don't have a 9 to 5, but um, I, I run my own thing um, for a couple of businesses. Um, and yeah, I do that for fun. Okay, so so really this DeFi thing is just your your nighttime job, la, or, or so we call the Batman job. <laughs> well, it, it, it happens, like, I, I guess... Every every cycle, the thing about crypto is like every cycle, it's kind of different. Um, you know, in some cycles, it's just pure shit coins, and other cycles, it's like DeFi. In another cycle, there'll be like uh, NFTs and dog coins and whatever stuff, right? So um, you've got a lot of um, options and what you want to do. So I was touching everything. I mean, I think the thing about being in this industry is you've got to be adaptable. So you kind of. Um, try everything and you enjoy everything, you know, because it's all, essentially, it's always the same. It's always, always going to be about money, right? So, um, and how you make it, or you could trade, you could, you could research, you could analyze and so on and so forth. It's kind of more fun now than it has ever been before. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Talk, talking about the time now, right? I just want to really uh, rewind back a bit and really understand uh, in case the audience doesn't also, how on earth did we get here? You know, last year, we were looking at crypto. Bitcoin was making an all-time high of $69,000 in November. Yeah. yeah, about this time last year, 365 days ago. Yeah. And uh, you had a lot of people saying that this will go on forever. You had uh, this Twitter 
CT influencers calling for Bitcoin going up to 100k. Even I believe that yeah. they were looking at the stock to flow model. By the end of yeah. the year, you'll reach 100k. Yeah. And uh, look at where we are right now. So, so you mind sharing how on earth do we actually get here? What happened, etc. Yeah, sure. Um, actually, the truth is that I think it's it's people need to remember that it's not a crypto specific thing. Um, that finance as a whole, um, macro, and people need to have a lot more respect for macro, like to understand that what happened in 2020 when they were printing all that money over in US um, and there was going to be some kind of effect, right? It's going to be a huge effect on everything. It's not, it wasn't like, I mean, you saw, I think it was um, top glove stocks, right? The the price to earning ratio was like just wonky. It was like two, the multiples were so high. So, it wasn't crypto specific. It was the, the it was the equities market as well that was um, pumping like crazy just because everybody was at home and you know everybody got all this money and they started pumping everything everywhere, right? So, and then I can tell you like one of the biggest tips in life is the um, I'm, I'm 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 this is my second or third cycle, yeah. So the thing is that the whole thing about market is it's always PVP, right? It's player versus player. So, you know, for every buyer, there's a seller and for every win, there's a loss. Um, so when you've got a lot of money that's coming to the market, at some point, everybody thinks they're going to be rich. And the truth about life is not everybody can be rich. It, it, it doesn't work that way because that's what, what, what we call inflation, right? And then eventually the market is going to pull back. So, the only difference is you experience. So like the next time, I'm not sure how many participants today that's, in, that's listening in, um, how many cycles they, they've done before. But I'm going to tell you like some, a huge, huge tip is everything that's happening now happened exactly four years ago. Exactly. In 2018, whatever happened in 2018 happens in 2022. It's, it's the same thing. You know, all the signs are the same. Um, um, all the, um, everything that was bearish turned bearish. Um, and it happened exactly the same way. And it's always the same things. It's, it's so the playbook is almost, they say history um, doesn't, you know, history rhymes, right? So it's the same thing. Um, but if you look at it, in January 5th, 2018, the market cap of crypto was $852 billion, right? And that was in January 5th, 2018 as well. More slightly over four years ago. And by the end of that year, market cap of crypto was $105 billion. That means there was an 88% drop. Um, and today, in what we feel is like super bearish markets, uh, it's $890 billion, which is still higher than the high of the previous bull run, right? So crypto it didn't die, you know, it just came, came off and cyclical, right? But the same could have been said for any equity market. You know, you look at Tesla shares, you look at uh, Facebook shares and so on and so forth, right? Like, so it's the same thing, but it's just that what the government of the day is doing is saying, not everybody can have money. We printed too much, so we need to pull back because if we don't pull back, everything's going to be too expensive for, you know, everybody, right? So that's the reason why we're seeing the numbers that we see today. But, God, for honest truth, is um, it happened exactly the same. The same thing happened in 2018, and the same thing is going to happen in four or five years' time as well. You're going to have another run, and we're going to talk about this again the same way. 
Yeah, I mean, very good point you covered there. Like, because if we were to zoom out from Bitcoin's itself and we look through the history, now the crash mentioned in 2018 just looks like a blip. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like... And, and, and we are talking about it right now. Yeah. Uh, just similar like what we will talk about this maybe next 5, 10 years. Yeah. And and just some math for the audience. Like, the, the highest crypto market cap, the total crypto market cap that uh, we hit was around November last year. That was almost 3 trillion uh, US dollars. And last cycle, there's an 88% drop in market cap. So... If we were to go down 88% in market cap, that brings us to about $400 billion. And the current market cap of crypto is $800 billion. So, and, and, and tracing back to what you said just now, if history repeats itself, then are we? is it possible to see another 50% drop for Bitcoin? <laughs> because this is just based on uh, the, the, the math itself. What do you think, Abuji? Um, well, based on my crystal ball that I keep in my drawer. Um, yes, crystal ball. <laughs> the thing about bottoms is that it's not a function of price. It's actually a function of time. And over time, um, as, we, as we become, if we keep going sideways, eventually liquidity pulls out, right? Because not everybody can, you know, people get bored or whatever. Um, and they think, okay, like for example, today DeFi, um, DeFi yields are like one one to three percent, no, one to two percent actually on the most safest stable coins, right? But if you go to a bank and you've got like four point two percent on Sharia compliant products on fixed deposits, right? That means your money is safe and they're going to give you like two to four times more than what DeFi is giving you, right? So what's going to happen? The natural thing is that people are going to pull out their money and they're going to go to banks, right? It's the same thing. I mean, we're going to go back to where we were. From before so um what's going to happen with that means liquidity is drained from the market um and it happens in any market um and then you know we go down to the bottom and then we stay there until people get bored and people forget about all the bad stuff uh, people would have then like your your best friend who believes in crypto so much who thinks it's going to make a career out of it um then suddenly thinks oh man it was all upon me right uh, but the truth is, like, eventually people forget and then they'll come back to it um, because we'll have a new narrative. There will be a new reason why you know, money flows into the market. Um, and we just got to be patient and see what that, you know, what that looks like. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think another part which uh, I would like to add on to what you said is because the amount of money printed was due to the extremely low interest rates yeah. uh, set Federal Reserve from 08 all the way up to COVID. And in COVID itself, when the pandemic hit, they were severely cranking, you know, they were severely lowering the interest rates almost to zero. Yeah, at, time, at the time, interest rates were about 0.25%. Loans were extremely cheap and a lot of people just went to the banks and take out loans to speculate, which uh, which is leveraged like, basically. And now that we have these things like a UST, which used to allow you to earn 20% APY on the US dollar, everybody is just like, if the banks are charging me uh, maybe 1% to 2%, let's say 3% on the high side on my loan, and I were to take out a loan of 100k, 3%, then I put it into UST, that's a 17% earn for me. And a lot of people were doing that, right, Abuji? Yeah. Which... which which led to such a, I would say, a huge blow off top. And then after that, 
crypto just came crashing down and and it crashed so quickly. Did, did it surprise you the pace where it, when it crashed? You know, because we're looking at uh, you know comparing Bitcoin's price one year ago to now. I, I don't. I mean, I knew it was going to crash. We all, I mean, if you, if you worked in DeFi, then you kind of knew that this was going to happen. It wasn't going to happen just because of, you know, I, like I said, some of the, I want, you want to know what's the, like one of the biggest indicator of a bearish market going to hit is Dogecoin. It generally is dog coins, right? Like all this crap that comes out and people like play it. And it's, it, it, it's usually what it means is all this liquidity is still there and um, all this stuff comes out and people play it. And then until all the liquidity is dried out. Um, you've got, you know, that kind of indicators that's coming out. But I think the biggest thing that you had to remember is that when, when people, when the governments print too much, um, again, they ha- they'd have to pull it all back. And when they do, um, then obviously it's going to be painful. It, how fast it happens or how it happens is like, you know, different, different, you know, it's a different story. But I can tell you something for sure. Like, for example, Luna and USD is something that, you know, I've got like a good group of friends, like about 40 or 50 of us who who did a couple of these runs together and none of us got hurt in Luna UST and none of us got hurt in the FTX thing because we got hurt before four or five years ago. We lost, you know, we made some money, we made a couple of million and then we lost everything down to zero uh, in the same way, but it's just maybe a different story, but it's the same thing that happened. Then we, we learned our lessons and then we decided and we know not to get too we not we know not to believe in all these numbers because we you know we can we you know just made out of thin air right like you can't you can't twenty percent it's never going to be sustainable at that point in time and uh, FTX was also total garbage uh, you know but um, yeah so these things accelerated the situation but it's still a healthy thing man like you know five years ago we never had all this sophisticated stuff in um, five years from now we're going to have even more sophisticated stuff, you know. So the idea is to um, just survive until then, and then you're going to have a lot more fun. But the, the speed in which it happened, yeah, I mean, like, we knew that this year was going to crash. How it was going to crash was something else. I think the a lot of the people that's listening in, in right now, I know they got hurt from the Luna USD thing. Um, but it's, you know, it's tuition fees. It's tuition fees behind why you're going to make seven figures in the next run. You know, a lot of the people who got hurt are going to make a lot of money in the next run because that's called experience, right? Yeah, definitely. But what of those people who, you know, decided to went on full leverage, took out loans, family funds, etc., etc. I'm sure there are some people in the audience who got, uh, I would say, a bit too carried away in their investments, thinking that uh, everything would just go up and then they end up they got really burnt. Uh, what advice would you have for them right now? How, how do they pick themselves back up? Because let's say maybe they lost their job, etc., etc. Um, I think it takes a little while to like be real, and you got to be very honest with yourself and ask the questions: Why did you do that, right? And why did you play with so much money or other people's money? And you need to be honest with yourself about those questions. And it's okay. It's okay to say you made a mistake, right? And then you, um, but tomorrow's a new day and you're going to find new opportunity, um, get a job, just, you know, um, start over. Um, you know, some people might swear off crypto, but it's not crypto. It's, it's anything that you would have done. You know, you could have done the same thing in equities market. You could have done that in leverage in, you know, commercial banking as well. You know, you can do anything. Um, but that's not answering the question. The question should have been something like what you could have done better and what you're going to do better. But if you quit and you give up, then you kind of, 
you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunity. There was a lot of people who quit um, after the 2018 crash and never came back. But when they decided to come back, they came back in 2021. But the real money was being made in 2020 um, and they were late. So my point to that is, yeah, it was tough. It was, you know, but, you know, you kind of let it sink in, you dust it off and then you go again, you know, because the industry is going to be different. The one thing, like a massive tip, massive, massive tip that I would give is if you like the space and if you believe it, right, and you, or you're 50-50 about it, right, you talk to the people who are still in the space and believe it. Like like me, I, I love the space. I, I, I know how crypto works. I, I, I know what it offers. It's kind of cool. You, 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 there's a lot of things in crypto that you get that you don't get everywhere else. I used to work... Okay, I get to dox myself a little bit. I used to work in Petronas um, and I used to uh, work um, just below the president's office, you know. Um, and that means I've I reached what I felt was the peak of my corporate career at a relatively young age. And then I went to crypto, right? Uh, no, I, well, I did something on my own first and then I discovered crypto on my own time. And I can tell you something like the happiness that I get from crypto isn't the money that we made. Um, it's actually the friends that you make when you lose money. And that's really fun. I mean, you kind of get sad together. Oh, shit, man, we lost everything. We're like, yeah, let's, let's try to make it back, you know? And you do that together. So you kind of make friends from all over the world, different age groups. Unfortunately, it's all boys. Um, um, I think there's a little bit more girls now. Uh, I hope there's more girls coming in. But um, yeah, you get to meet a lot of people and you get to hustle together. You get to work hard together. Um, and it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah, I tell you something. Like you, you want to change your life, it happens in the bear market. Yeah, that's definitely right. La. And and about the boys part, right? We assume that those people who are having these PFTs or, or their profiles behind, we assume they are guys. But sometimes I think it may shock you that they are, they are all women. <laughs> we don't know the true extent of uh, a boy to women ratio right now. If somebody has the information, you can just step up and, and let us know. But 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 yeah, there, there are, I think there are more and more women in this industry la, looking at the uh, DeFi and crypto in itself, but again, great, great, great points you, you mentioned. Great points you mentioned. Uh, just now, earlier part during this session, you talked about how DeFi yields, their sustainable ones, are only one, one to two percent. Mm -hmm. You're talking about stable coins, right? This is for stable coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like because okay. you, you, I mean, the safe ones. When I say safe ones, means USDT, USDC, Dai. Those are like the top three okay. safe ones, right? The USD is so what? One, one, one to two percent. But what of those people who are right now putting their funds into I don't know which exchange they are offering up to maybe Coin. eight, fifteen <laughs> yeah. percent? Yeah, yeah, uh, what do you have to say about that? Uh, I mean, like you know, at this point, if if you're still doing that stuff, that's really on you. And I'm not saying that's a wrong thing or a bad thing. I I, I don't I don't like to say these kind of things, but based on what's happened, you have to be a little bit smarter about it. But like, I'm going to tell you this. If I ran an exchange and I didn't have money anymore, or if I don't have one-to-one -one, uh, reserves anymore, and I need money, right? I'm just going to put up a product which says that you can earn 18%. And what that's going to do is it's going to drive in a certain number of people that will go and deposit like you know their hard-earned money because they want to earn 18%. And me as the exchange, I get to show on the books that I've got this amount of deposits that I could use to, you know, 
um, take a loan out on, or I could pay back vendors that I know I need to pay back investors, right? So at this point, I would reckon that a large number of people are smarter about it because of what they've seen, especially with FTX and you know a whole bunch of others. But if you're not doing it and and you still think that it there's a there is an appetite for for it then yeah, like, you know, you can go ahead. But, you know, it's all part of the tuition anyway. You know, if you survive, great. If you don't, you know, well, that's part of the tuition piece. But uh, personally, I, I don't do all that kind of stuff because, again, you need to respect macro. And, I, okay, I'm going to tell you something. We built this stuff. We built this stuff, right? Like, the, we, we built liquidity pools. We, we built um, um, all this LPing. Um, and staking and all this kind of stuff. It only works as long as there's a lot of money in the market. You know, it's not it's not a Ponzi per se, but the whole world works exactly this way, right? So you have to understand that, like, when there's such a high APR or APY in this environment, then you really need to understand where is it coming from because we we have that saying in DeFi, right? Like, if you don't know where the yield is coming from, that means you are the yield. That's deep. That's uh, that's very deep. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I thought I, I thought I thought I thought you were lagging there, so I decided to fill in some some some, some part, you know. I decided to give it some reaction. I but but uh, I didn't realize you paused. Okay, yeah. the the coffee is working, so I get to say a lot of things. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's really deep, like, I mean, if you don't get the where the yield is coming from, then you are essentially the yield, the yield. Yeah. and and and. What I can take away from what you just said just now is uh, not losing money is making money in this current environment, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, 100%. like although, although you may not be getting high APYs like 8%, 10%, right. sometimes maybe like 1% or 2% or maybe even 0%, you know, just, just keeping your funds safe. Yeah. Like storing it in a crypto wallet. Uh, sorry, like storing it in a cold wallet. Yeah. Some people still refuse to do so, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 one of the few ways to really, I would say, prevent um, users or investors from getting hit by another wave of uh, this contagion, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's all part of the tuition, man. Like, you can't... People still do it, you know? And people... There's a risk that they take, and that's fine, you know? That, that's how the world works, right? Like, uh, you can't save everybody. And sometimes when you try to do that, you know, you you end up taking away other people's opportunity to learn or whatever, right? So that's the reason why I never say, I've never said, don't do this or don't do that, you know, or you should do this or you should do that. I, I don't believe in that at all. Um, I think you should do it. You should learn from it. You take proper risk management. Don't lose everything, you know. Don't play with so much money that you don't have. That's about how much I can say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another part where I like to talk about is uh, cold wallets and exchanges. I mean, let's dive into it. Uh, a lot of people, I, I'm sure right now, are still a bit hesitant on getting cold wallets for themselves. They are still opting to store their cryptos within exchanges. Uh, just to remind you guys, a cold wallet usually costs about... How much is it already? Would you for me, it costs about... I bought for, I bought for FAD the other day, right? Like FAD? You were asking for someone to sponsor, so I actually DM'd him and I sponsored him. Uh, I think it was like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. That's why he always likes my post. There you go. He sent me a heart. Oh, ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's Abuji. That's how you farm engagement. <laughs> okay, got it. Oh, we're, 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 we're doing <laughs> great. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um. All right. How much do you buy it for? I think it was about hundred hundred USD. I think was it was it? Um. It, I think it, it ranges uh, Trezor um, and a couple of more Ledger and a few of them. So they're all different. Um. I, I tell you what. I tell you what. It's it's you know this. Some people can't do ledgers, uh, you know, um, and I can understand that as well. And they, some of them store it on Luno, some of them store it on Binance, um, some stored it on FTX, uh, you know. So either way, in the best thing to do is you kind of split your portfolio. You kind of put some here, some there, some here, some there. You know, you kind of like make sure that you keep a track on it. Um, I'm not going to say what you should or shouldn't do. Cold wallets are great, I suppose. If you're not going to trade a lot or if you're not going to buy spot a lot, you know, you just want to protect what you have. Right. So that's great. Yeah, you should you, you should practice safety. That's for sure. Um, but more than keeping your money to yourself, like I think you have to learn how to not get scammed. There's a lot of scams going on. OK, OK, let's let's talk about scams, because right now, uh, on average, uh, we the futurists we receive about hmm, let me see two to three DMs every day. Yeah. All our scams. Yeah, <laughs> very rare. Yeah. Very rare. People DM us is like, hey, um, hi, uh, how are you guys doing today? I sometimes I just unintentionally block them, mm-hmm. and then they message me on Instagram. They ask me, oh, you blocked me on Twitter. Then I was like, oh, sorry, I thought you were a scammer. <laughs> you know, so they are just tons of scammers yeah. right now on Twitter. Both Instagram, so yeah, but it happens everywhere, uh, right? Even SMS. Yeah, it happens. People try to scam my dad, um, and he's like sixty odd years old, and all that. You know, my my wife's granddad as well. They try to scam him as well. You know, but it comes in all kind of forms, shapes, and forms. I think the idea is like, just don't click stuff, right? Like, um, you don't really have to have that conversation. This, this, you know, if someone really wants to talk to you, um, they'd open with a lot more content, but you don't have to trust everything. So the thing about NFTs especially used to be something that was that was happening quite, but that's driven by greed because we always think that, oh, there's an opportunity here. I need to be quick. Um, I've got scammed before, even despite all my experience. Um, I think the last one was a couple of months ago, no, earlier this year or end of last year. Yeah, it was some silly thing that I got caught into and um, I thought I was supposed to mint something. I think. Um, and it happens, right? Like in, like I said, you just get smarter about things um, along the way. But, you know, the biggest tip is just don't click links. Clicking links are like a big no-no. Yeah, I think that's really one of the biggest takeaways right here like, to prevent yourself from getting scammed. Yep. Uh, there's also another form of scam right now to a lot of artists because uh, I noticed that oh, yeah, 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 a lot of people that, yeah. from yeah from, from Pentas, they are also currently in the space yeah. and we also received these dms before first of first of all they, they won't send you any link yeah. they will just ask you, are you up for some commission work we will send you some ethereum yeah. uh, and then after that they're going to send you an absurd amount of ethereum telling you that hey uh, this is the I'm going to pay you 0.5 ETH or maybe one ETH for this particular artwork or whatnot yeah then they ask you to click on something at the end of the day there's always a link <laughs> and 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 uh I think that's the biggest takeaway here. Obviously, there is a more advanced form of scam. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I think you should be aware of this. So it's, it's like um, a pretty woman or, or a handsome man approaches you. And then after that, they, they call it the pig butchering scam. You know? Okay. Are you a yeah? No, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that my wife didn't scam me. She's very pretty. So. <laughs> but she's listening into this. So I got to say something nice, I guess. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> 
mean, I mean, this this scam is in short. Basically, they they form a relationship with you for the first two months, once one or two months. They just oh, yeah. have a casual you bond with you. Yeah. Then after that, they ask you to do some investment, ask yeah. you to think about your future, yeah. and then they send you a link of a very shady crypto exchange. They show you how to trade within the crypto exchange. And for the first few times, they give you back your money. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the scammers yeah, yeah, yeah. are advanced now. Build your trust. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, to earn your trust. We can talk about this, because they, they give you back your profits. Let's say the first time you put in like 500 ringgit, then to them, it's basically nothing. They give you back 1,000. They say you make 2x, and then you earn, they earn your trust already. The next time, uh, you, you are to deposit maybe 20,000, maybe 30,000. They ask you to take up loans. And finally, when you are basically, uh, they quote, fat as a pig already, then they slaughter you, they leave, yeah. they cut contact. Yeah. I, I, I think that's one of the... Yeah. Yes, Long yes, scams yes. are very profitable. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the, the, the Tinder swindler, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long <laughs> scams, exactly. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think another lesson that I think Abuji can agree with me is also that uh, uh, if it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Yeah, what but then like you tell that to people who are earning 18% on USDC, right? Like, you, if it's too good to be true, you know, but then you know, people still take the risk, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah a lot of people... It's academic at best. Like, when you tell people this, if it's too good to be true, it's actually, you know, it's bullshit, but... Yeah. Um, I have a very, very liberal way of looking at things. I feel like people should learn from stuff, even when the bad stuff happens, especially when the bad stuff happens. Um, as long as you're, you know, because it teaches you to be stronger and smarter the next round and you get better at it. I've, I've had my fair share of stuff that's happened to me. Um, I don't regret them, but I learn from them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what additional, I would say, thoughts do you have for, uh, maybe artists currently in the space, artists or investors alike, because right now, let's say we have this trader over here, trader A, artist B, they were they used to make money mm -hmm. through trading, mm -hmm. through selling art. Right now, since the market is down, mm -hmm. nobody, the trades are unsuccessful, mm -hmm. nobody's buying their artwork. Mm -hmm. What can they do in this current situation to, I would say, earn additional income or, or maybe have a bowl of, <laughs> have a bowl of rice even? Yeah, I mean, like, well, first of all, you need to be very, I think they have to be, you know, it's, you're, you have to be truthful to yourself and to the space and say like, okay, look, the market's really bad. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's not their fault. It's not anybody's fault at all. You know, at this point, you get to start to choose, did you come here for the money or did you come here for the passion? You know, um, did you come here for, I used to say, uh, I came for the money and I stayed for the friends. So that was my basis at that point in time. Like, you know, I stayed for five, six years because I made really great friends. Uh, and that was more than worth it if I wasn't earning a lot of money or whatever. But today, um, and this is something, it's a great question. I suppose the market today that I feel, especially for people who are having bear market the first time, is that, that you're so lucky um, that crypto is, <clears throat> crypto is what it is today as compared to what it was five years ago. Five years ago, we only had ICOs, um, initial coin offerings, and we didn't have any working tech. Means we could only trade. Um, and that one also, I don't think we could do leverage. I think we could only do spot trading and it was a bunch of stuff. But today, the number of things you could do in crypto is fantastic. Like you could do trading, 
you could do research and analysis, you could do NFT trading, you could do NFT creations, um, you could do community management, you could do community building, uh, customer service, um, you could do social media presence, you can even do meme accounts. I've got a friend who made eight figures just being a meme account. It's crazy. And then uh, you could do shitcoin trading, uh, which is funny and fun and high adrenaline. You could be really good at Nansen analytics. You know, people do analytics and whale wallet tracking. I had a friend two weeks ago who made about 80,000 USD just from following what whales were doing, you know. Um, so you're actually very lucky to be part of the ecosystem today than you it ever was before uh, because this the opportunities are like so much more compared to what it was five years ago, you know. Um, so you find the stuff that you like to do and you kind of play to that. Um, but you have an open mind to try other stuff as well. Um, I'm going to tell you like a couple of stuff like I know a lot of Malaysians, prominent Malaysians that are that made a ton of money. Like I'm talking about like 10 million USD, you know, 100 million USD. And some of them were like, I think one, two of them used to work at CoinGecko. Um, and all they did was research, 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 and then they started, you know, sharing their research to um, some channels and they started getting opportunities. People were like, oh, you do some great research. So um, would you like to come in to this seed round? And then their money multiplied really fast and they made more friends, right? I've known a couple of other guys who started a community. They grew it to, I don't know, about 10,000 people on Telegram, I think. And during the peak bull run, they would get all these deals for marketing. And uh, they, they made, you know, eight figures easily as well. Um, and NFTs are the same, you know, people making a ton of money from royalties and so on and so forth. But you're so lucky that today that the technology works and that's kind of cool. Uh, DeFi works, man. Like NFTs work, you know, NFTs are here to stay. That's, I, I guarantee it. Like I'm not even... I'm not like saying it out of, you know, whatever, but it works. You know, there's no, you can't have Nike, Adidas, Puma, Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, whatever. All these people are coming in with the NFTs. There was a big brand recently, I can't remember. I think yesterday I was watching World Cup and I realized there was a board eight in the Adidas ad. Um, but yeah, and then the application of how it, how it works is going to change maybe that's five years from now. So like, I guarantee you NFTs are going to be here, but how it looks like that might be different, right? Um, and then the winners will be the people who figure out how to bridge the metaverse and uh, in, in, in real life experiences. I think I was talking to the guys who did, it's the ship. The, and you buy, you get a duck NFT and you can get onto their boat or their ship for partying and all this kind of stuff. But I think Roach, does that NFT thing, you could get discounts on food and drinks, you know. So that stuff expands um, and NFTs have that royalty thing that, you know, it fixes the royalty problem. Like music NFTs might have a space, you know, so people can make fun of it or whatever. But there was someone, someone really, really gave me a good point. Um, the, the thing about NFTs is people, older people think that it's like rubbish, right? But the funny thing is like your president of the United States, like 40 years from now or 30 years from now or 20 years from now is probably degen trading NFTs right now, you know, because that's their age group. 
right? Like you've got young kids who are trading NFTs and they're going to stay. So, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years time, they're, they're all going to be policy setters. And um, that speaks levels about how early you are. And if you stay enough and if you follow the evolution enough, then it's, gonna, it's all going to do very well. So if I were to tell people who want to try to make it in this space, I would say, yeah, get a job in real life, whatever, you know, enough to pay the bills. You know, you could, if you're good at NFT creation, that means you're good at art, right? And so you can go and do freelancing of whatever, you know, like um, videos or pictures or uh, uh, editing. You could do all this stuff. But, and then you stay close to the space and watch how NFTs are evolving. The other day, I think uh, uh, Pluto, I think his name, yeah. And he, he messaged me saying that he was going to have a project on Solana, which I thought was brilliant because I think uh, a couple of days ago, I saw another NFT project, Cleosaurus or something like that. They, you know, they had minted out. And that means the demand is still there. You know, uh, it's a matter of how you're marketing or how you're networking and how you're putting it out there, right? So you, you know, there's plenty of opportunities. You probably just have to work much harder. But you, you, if I were to say work harder, it sounds too basic. But stay close to the space. You can learn a lot, right? And you can apply a lot. The bear market is the time where you you do it when it's most difficult, so that you have the results when it's super easy. Yeah, I mean, again, great points. Great points you covered there. What I really liked was that uh, take take the risk, right? I think you are you are, you, are, you are encouraging people to take the risk and take it early, right? Just stay stay within the space and whatever you think you have talent for doing, like teaching, newsletter, YouTube podcast, NFT projects, or whatsoever. You can try it out. Yeah. And 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 even though you fail, it doesn't matter. At least you learn something, right? Uh yeah. I mean, like, you. It's very hard to fail, to be honest. If you're if you're so consistent at it, right? Um and you make a lot of friends along the way, uh, and you really have fun doing it, then, yeah, you, you, it works out eventually. I know, I know the part about filling in your rice bowl, and you need to pay the bills, and that's the same for everyone. It was the same for me when I was in 2018. You know, I remember at some point, I've, I had a lot of money. We made a lot of money. I made a lot of money, and then I lost everything. And then at some point, I thought, I got to go back to work like to nine to five, but um, I didn't, I stayed back and I started to work on my own in real life business and it did very well in 2019. Um, and then in 2020, when the market was turning bad for my in real life business because of the pandemic, the lockdown, then I looked at, I was, I, was, I stayed close to crypto and I realized, oh, the financial markets are doing really well, you know, and um, you know, I adapted to that. So, You've got to have a few things going, you know, enough to pay the bills while you work on your passion projects, right? So when you when you work on passion projects, you don't actually feel tired. You finally you kind of feel excited about it. I see I see a lot of these Puntas NFT artists. They're still hustling hard, and I'm so proud of them. Um, I know that they're going to absolutely make it. But you've got to pivot, um, you know, try different chains, try different markets, you know, try to talk um, in the language in the, in a global language, you know, try different things. You don't lose anything. In fact, you're going to make a lot of friends uh, along the way and you're going to learn a lot of stuff. And it's really, really fun, especially because I noticed that the NFT market people are actually quite young. Um, so yeah, you got to try. Um, there's no harm. It's, it's a lot of fun. I guarantee it's a lot of fun. 
Okay, but, but what, what if, uh, from a perspective of an artist, what if they are more introverted, they are afraid to come up to spaces and speak to people? Not, not, not like us, let's say just normal people, they are afraid to step up on the stage and, and express their opinions. They just want to do art. They just want to express themselves through drawings. Uh, what do you have to say to them uh, as regards to uh, not taking the risk to explore more? Um, I think... If I were to be a really, really quiet person, um, and I drew a lot, and I, you don't have to go on spaces to talk, you can still talk to people on Telegram and communities and Discord or whatever, or forums or whatever, because introverts tend to like to write anyway, right? But if you, yeah, so they, there's still some connection that they would need or, or they would like, but um, you can't just say, no, I want to sell this stuff, but I don't want to talk to human beings. Uh, it's kind of, kind of, defeats the purpose but if you were going to try different things then try different chains try different markets um you know you need to find your tribe that's 100 percent. it's not you can't like be devoid of human connections that you know and you need to ask yourself why you don't like it you know and um is it because you're scared that people don't like you you're just scared because you feel like you got nothing to share but how would you know if you don't try right so um, and you're not going to lose anything, you know. I guarantee you there's someone out there who's your best friend waiting for you to find them, right? Or your girlfriend or your future boyfriend or your husband or whatever. Um, and it's a lot of fun finding that, that that part of it. And you can do it online. You never even have to meet these people, you know. If you're like, you know, um, if you're a blue-eyed blonde girl, you don't have to show it to anybody, right? Like, Or you're like a stunning uh, smiley man, you know, you don't have to show it to people, you know, it, 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 it's, it's about just connecting on a, on a interest level, right? And you find your tribe, right? I, I tell you, it, it, it's always about people. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to go on spaces or anything. And we never had that back in, in 2017, 18, right? We, all our friendships were made on Telegram or on Slack, and discord and all this kind of stuff right but if i was an artist then i, I guess the first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to go and test out what the artist community is in solana or in uh, tezos because they have like all these type of different different communities who have different different principles there are people there are artists that believe in pfps that's artists who believe in one on one of ones um and you know you got to find your tribe for that kind of stuff and then you expand from there you know you'll you'll make plenty of friends that's 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 for sure and then eventually it, it takes off yeah do it for the passion and do it for the relationship the friendships uh, at the end of the day i think if you're trying to do it for the money then people can smell your bullshit from a mile away <laughs> that's 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 uh that's how i feel uh, when, when, when i'm in this current industry yeah, although i did like if you do any yeah if you do anything for money you can never reach the optimum result right? It's a hundred percent. I can guarantee you that I never achieved what I achieved because oh, by focusing on money, I achieved what I, I did, what I did uh, because I, I, I loved it for the game, right? It was the game that was fun, right? Like, you know, the hustling or the finding the alpha or the researching and doing it together. Everybody wins, making sure everybody wins. You know, that's, that was fun. Yeah. Which is why just now you, earlier on, you said, make sure you get a job to pay the bills, yeah, 100%, be adaptable. 100%, you know, put the hours so, so, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to put the hours in so that you can actually 
have enough state have a stable income while you work on your passion you don't want to just work on your passion and then expect everybody to pay you top dollars yeah. without really put hours in yeah. that, that 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 really yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, uh, I think we are about 45 minutes, almost an hour to the session already. Do we want to pivot to a bit of Q&A? Yeah, sure. Abuji, do you want to take yeah. questions from the crowd? Okay, so uh, just to inform you guys, anybody in the audience, if you guys want to step up, talk to Abuji, join in on the discussion, we are now open. Just a request to be a speaker and I will immediately approve you guys. Alternatively, if you guys are a bit shy, a bit introverted, just DM me or DM Abuji. I think Abuji are accepting DMs, right? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm super boomer. Um, how do I do that? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. God. Okay, okay, okay. I think I, I, think I see okay. the button. I see the button. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so for anybody who has any questions, do just uh, 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 don't don't hesitate to come up to be a speaker. Otherwise, just message us to Futurist. We'll probably uh, check every one or two minutes. But meanwhile, while we are waiting for some questions to uh, flow in. Let's just talk about the ringgit because I think that's another interesting thing that we left out tonight and we also want to just uh, conclude here. Why is the ringgit suddenly so strong, uh, Abuji? Explain. <laughs> I want to say something political but then <laughs> I'm not sure. That sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Just go ahead. Just... No, no. It's, it's, it's not that. I think um, I mean, I, I deal with a lot of stable coins um, every week, you know. Um, and it's forex and um, and all that, right? But I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you upfront. It's it, a lot of it is actually because of what the U.S. Fed is doing. I think if people. I really hope that if there's one thing that people take away from this session is understanding that if nothing else, understand what the Feds are doing, right? Because when they're trying to pull back liquidity in the market by hiking up so much interest rate, and then they're pulling back the U.S. dollar and is pushing the U.S. dollar up so high all these currencies are suffering. It's not just us, right? Like, um, we accelerated our downfall, yes, because um, commodities, we depended on commodities for so long in Malaysia, right? I mean, I, I was working in the oil and gas sector. The oil and gas sector is not the same as it was 10 years ago, right? Um, and demand is dropping um, because supply is plenty. Um, and then you've got what's it called? Uh, palm oil, which is also like, you know, it's, a, it's an issue about sustainability. Uh, you know, companies don't think that it's a, it's a green initiative. But my point is, you know, there is confidence coming back into the market. Um, I, for example, I'm, I'm just going to give you an example. If we had a very unstable government or a government which has, you know, very far-reaching right-wing policies, um, it's very hard for me, Abuji, to tell my, you know, uh, nine-figure net worth friend, hey, dude, why don't you buy property in Malaysia, right? Like, because even I wouldn't be telling my friend to do that because I, I wouldn't know, you know, whether that was going to be a good idea or not, right? But when we have a more center-right or center-left kind of government, which could be sustainable or policies which are, are reasonable, then you kind of say, you know, tell your friends, hey, Malaysia is a great place. You should you should buy stuff over here, right? And you should settle down here. And, you know, if you take me and then you extrapolate that at an institutional investor level, there is a lot to be, there's a lot to look forward to if we can find a government that says, let's cut the, the excesses, let's cut the wastage 
and let's focus on building, you know, good resources. Let uh, people, you know, we school our children well, or we focus on education, you know, training and so on and so forth, right? So you, you end up pulling a lot of foreign capital in, which means the demand for the ringgit is much higher. So like, I remember I was trading with a P2P USDT person for 467, 469, just two weeks ago. I think before I went, I was overseas. And then today, I was talking to, a, to the same person and she was telling me it was 451. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, ringgit really strengthened. But at the same time, you need to respect the fact that, you know, USD has come down a bit. DXY has come down a bit uh, as an effort of the interest hikes, um, inflation sort of slowing down and so on and so forth, right? Like, so it's a mixture of things. But if you want the ringgit to strengthen even more, then we really need to have policy setters in place that are going to give confidence to the market, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, there's a lot of points you covered there. And I think if you want to talk about the economy more in depth, we will definitely have to do another session about this where we just really drive down the focus on the ringgit versus the economy. And I would love to bring Mr. Sunny in, an economist also, to really have you guys kind of like talk it out on where the current trajectory of the Malaysian ringgit is going to go. But just now you also covered about the Federal Reserve. I totally agree with you. I think everybody should understand what the Federal Reserve does because when people think of who is the most powerful entity in the world, they'll usually say maybe it's Joe Biden, maybe it's Xi Jinping, or maybe it's Putin. But I think those answers are all wrong. I think the Federal Reserve, that's the most powerful entity in the world because when you look at who's the most powerful entity in Malaysia, that's not our Malaysian government because our Malaysian government doesn't set interest rates. Bank Negara Malaysia does. Mm -hmm. So Bank Negara Malaysia is the central bank of Malaysia. And I like to think of the Federal Reserve as the central bank of the entire world's central banks. And why is this possible is because the US dollar is the world's reserve currency. Yep. Every single country must have a set amount of US dollars held within their foreign reserves. Otherwise, uh, they cannot do trading with other countries. Right? And, and whether, whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, I think the Federal Reserve has a very crucial role to play in all our lives. What do you think about this, Abuji? I do, I do. I mean, that's for sure. But on the hindsight, I mean, it's not the thing. Is, I think we talk to a lot of people, normal level people, um, especially like, you know, these people, whoever's listening in, I'm just going to say something that, you know, I'm just going to call it out. We are actually extremely lucky to be in Malaysia, to live in Malaysia. Malaysia, I mean, I've been around the world a bit and I can tell you Malaysia is a fantastic country to to live. I mean, it's peaceful. It's got wonderful people. The food is ridiculous. Um, and when the exchange rate is at four ringgit, four ringgit 50 or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, you live in an opportunity in a time where you get to earn US dollars, right? And you should, you know, you should do everything in your power and your time and your imagination to 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 earn USD, uh, regardless of what the Fed does, because you know you can stretch your ringgit over here in KL by by miles and miles, man. Like you know, um, so yeah, you should you should feel very lucky to be in this space. Uh, you should feel very lucky to be able to earn US dollars. Um, um, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't I don't think we're going to get back to three eighty anytime soon. Um, hard, hard to imagine that's going to happen but but uh, having said that we should play to our strengths right like you know you're in the right space you're in the right field you are in the right path and um, 
if you keep going at it, you know, you're 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 gonna do really well. Malaysia is a great place to be in to do all this stuff, right? Yeah. It also be extremely good if you can earn US dollars at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean like uh, I think, like today you have the opportunity. Like I said, everybody who's listening into spaces is yeah. definitely has an opportunity more than people who are not in this space. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've got like, you know, yes. I've got friend A who works in banking, uh, you know, nine to five. And I've got friend B who left his uh, engineering job to do crypto, right? The funny thing is the, the person who, <laughs> the guy who left his engineering job is earning, I think only just about 2000 USD, but he's, but it's 2000 USD, man. That's like close to like, you know, 10,000 ringgit. He's doing really well. Um, and it's because he's, he took a chance and he's not, it's not as if he's doing super well or whatever it is, but he is, you know, he's, he's getting by and he's learning and you can, you can earn this, uh, you know, a small amount of money, which can go a long way. You know, there's plenty of jobs, plenty of jobs uh, in this industry. You just got to figure out which niche that you want to go to. Yeah, which is why a lot of Malaysians from the traditional finance side, they go to Singapore and work. Uh, <laughs> because they, they, they probably do not know about the existence of crypto, this uh, entire DeFi thing. That can, you can actually hold US dollars or the equivalent stable coin. Yeah. But like, and, I think yeah. that's the reason why I said like anybody who got into mm. this industry, to me, by default, you're going to make it. Mm. You're absolutely going to make it because it's the fastest way to make you know a lot of good money that changes your life. Uh, and you have fun doing it because you get to be in control of it completely. And let's say you do an NFT project. The whole thing is about how you figure out what strategy to do. It's all of you. It's you that's figuring it out, right? Because it's like a business, right? You got you to sit down and you got to think it and think it. But you get to execute just from a laptop. That's awesome, man. And then you you know make some amount of USD from it, right? And that's fantastic. Like which other field is going to give you that that kind of ability, right? It's not Forex trading or all that garbage, but... You know, you get to build real stuff in, in crypto and that's kind of awesome. Yeah, that is that is extremely awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just want to remind uh, the people in the audience that uh, now at the Q&A session, we are just actually, I would say, uh, creating time or space for people to come up and ask us some questions. Don't be shy, guys. I mean, uh, Abuji is kind of chill, right? You, you listen from his voice. Oh, we do have a, a, a speaker coming up. Just allow me to approve the speaker. Hello, King. King of Asian. Hi. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Hi. Um, yeah, hi. Thanks for the uh, awesome sharing session. Um, yeah, so I think I just have a, a question here, right? So, uh, because I think uh, Aboji and Futurist, you guys are kind of touching about um, like the long-term prospects of uh, crypto and, and NFTs. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Aboji's background um, is kind of in corporate. Right. Uh, I think uh, you mentioned Petronas just now. Um, so I am also in a corporate back background now. Right. So I'm a business consultant in a Big Four. So I was just actually one wondering, like, what, like, you know, if you can sort of, um, um, think through, right, like your career or like you know maybe like the the past five years, like what would be that one skill, or that one, uh, you know, that that one skill that you have developed over the years. Um, that kind of brought you to where you are today, you know. Oh, it's uh, that's pretty easy actually. It's uh, I, I, I mean, I think I said it like quite a lot of times for the last two years. To be honest, I think everything has to do with people, right? Networking. Uh, and people like to use the word networking. I, I really don't really like to be, just make friends, man. 
Let's make friends. Like, um, and when you make friends, when you share, when you go deep dive into that, right? Like, it's as simple as okay. If I were to research something on my own and I find an alpha, like some good tips, you know, I share it with another friend, and that friend, you know, listens to me and he says like, oh, okay. And you'd both take that opportunity together. And if it turns out right, that friend eventually feels like, oh, I'm going to find the next opportunity. I'm going to share it with Abu Chief. And what happens is from that point forward, everybody, you know, it becomes sort of, it becomes infectious. Everybody wants to help everybody. Um, and you become, you end up being really good friends. You take risks together and you, 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 you trust each other, you know, um, it's a very weird thing for me to tell people that I've done 75 projects and we've managed like 10 or $12 billion aggregate um, at, at peak for each of the deposits, right? And we've never met each other. We have never met each other. There were, you know, it was, and people were in Dubai, they were in um, Canada, they were in Spain, they were in Jordan, they were in Netherlands, and I was in Malaysia. And, um, you know, I've got people who work for us uh, from Australia, from US, and you've got, it's a very hard thing to explain to people, but this industry allows you to do that. So if I were to tell you the one skill that's going to be super useful, it doesn't matter which market it is, is actually the ability to make friends and just talk, man. Like, you know, it's just share stuff together, um, laugh about each other, you know, um, and it's really, really fun. And, and, and i tell you something. There was one time, the first project, which... I got an opportunity for, I remember I, I, I texted the, the guy and he, you know, and, and he, I told him, Hey man, like, you know, I need to make ABC amount of money over the next couple of months. Like, and I've got ABC amount of capital. Um, what do you suggest that I do? And he was like, you, you're crazy, man. Like, you know, that's a lot of money, but um, what do you need that kind of money for? Right. And I told him actually it's because I want to help my friends and family who I take care of, uh, you know, because COVID, were ravaged a lot of my friends and family members. Some lost their jobs and whatever. And he was very touched by that, I think, because he was a Westerner and I was, I'm an Asian, obviously. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you want to make money to help people. So, and he, I was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of, I guess that's a very Asian thing to do, I suppose. And then he was like, okay. And I think within three weeks, he came up to another opportunity and he said, hey, Abu, um, you want to you wanna do this with me? I said, sure. And we did. And, you know, um, we made crazy, crazy amount of money. Um, but even in that process, when we needed uh, manpower to help out with our project, whether it was community management, whether it was social media, I had all these friends on standby who wanted to work together and I could trust, you know, because I, I would take care of the first 12 hours, they would take care of the next 12 hours and so on and so forth. But so my point is, like, the one skill that you're going to need, it doesn't matter whether you're in NFTs, whether you're in trading, whether you're in research, is your ability to make friends and talk to people. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, say, Abuji, I got a business proposal. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Let me tell you. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to just tell everyone here so that everybody knows the scheme. After that, you guys tell me retweet. Huh? Okay. So we're going to create a website. We're going to ask people to send Bitcoin to okay. us. Okay? okay. And then we will promise we're going to send 3x the amount okay. back. Because normally, people only promise 2x. Okay. Now, we're going to send 3x the amount okay. back. 
And for deposits Bitcoin below below one Bitcoin, right? We send them real Bitcoin. We make them deposit ten to hundred Bitcoin. Then only we don't send them back. <laughs> I, I think you've been reading a lot a lot about scams recently. You've been so inspired. <laughs> yeah, drawing drawing a lot of inspiration from uh, scams and networking. Uh. <laughs> yes, sir. Ah, uh, but yeah, let's let's continue with the uh, Q and A. We have um Derek over here. Derek, you're up next. Go ahead. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, thank you for Teresa. Hi, Abuji. How are you? Hi, hi, hi. Yeah, uh, I have two questions here. Uh, question number one, uh, from your observation, uh, which uh, blockchain will survive uh, over this turmoil or over this uh, long bear market for the NFT uh, marketplace, whether it will be the BNB chain NFT or Ethereum or Solana, which one uh, will stand out at the end of the day? That's question number one. Question number two will be a bit controversial. Uh, we've we've listened to some uh, you call it accusation that Pentas Marketplace only survived with your support. Okay. Do you think or do you believe that we need another will to come in so that Pentas will be lively again? Thank you. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Interesting questions. I, I I enjoy controversial questions. So thank you for that. Um, the first one was I. The funny thing about life is that you think that, you know, in five years time that, you know, whatever you have right now is what's going to be there, right? Like, but, you know, every the thing about crypto or anything about life is, is that it changes, um, you know, for all you know, uh, another blockchain is going to come up and that does better, right? But like um, with what you have right now, then I would say like, yeah, I, I think ETH um, for sure will always stand the test of time because there's a lot of people who keep their capital on ETH. They don't want to move their capital to a different chain. So regardless of what people think of gas prices, uh, ETH will still do well. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's hundred percent my opinion um, that the most dominant chain will always be ETH for NFTs or for anything, even for DeFi. Or, um, the second one would be, I, I think what's amazing about Solana is despite all the things that's happened recently is how active the, NFT community is and Solana. So, I think if I was if I were a someone who was doing art, I would do it on Solana and Tezos because they have very strong NFT communities over there, and you need communities to drive um, interest and traction. Uh, with BNB chain, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's not that simple. BNB is known not for NFTs; it's actually known for. Um, trading like shitcoin trading so that was what it was really popular for um i know pentas started off from there i think they are trying on different chains as well i think they were i think i think they were on polygon are they which i thought was also a brilliant thing to do because pentas itself has to diversify um so i hope that answers your question i don't i think ETH will be the... Do you think we need another will um, to join you yeah, as well? the second part of that question uh, the second question that you were asking um when I started buying, I think I spent, I can't remember, was it 500 BNB or something like this? Was it more than 600 BNB? I can't remember, which is, you know, I can't remember. I think it must have been about a million ringgit by now. Um, I remember why I did it. I think it was August last year. And I said, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'm just, you know, Malaysia has all these great artists, so I'm just going to try and support it. And <laughs> the funny thing was, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I started buying problem the, the thing was that i was buying up almost everything um but 
it was a good thing in some senses because it achieved what I wanted it to achieve, that it was getting a lot of attention from fellow Malaysians. And there was a lot of people that they were appearing and for a while it was, it was doing quite well. And even I admit that I knew that this was going to happen, but you must also understand there's not a lot of whales that would do what I do. You know, a lot of whales don't just buy things and keep, you know, they would buy things and sell them for higher prices. You know, while I was doing it because I really wanted Malaysians to win in this space. I was doing it because, and I still do it actually, uh, because I want Malaysians to know that there's this industry out here. So my point was that I wanted to introduce step one, which was trying to tell you, hey, dude, like, look, look at NFTs, you know, this is something that you can make money from, you know, and you can make USD from it, right? And a, a lot of people actually learned more about NFTs about that. I even started a fund which was meant for people to mint NFTs on Pentas uh, as well. I was willing to sponsor all that. I even sponsored 1.5 million ringgit over the last one year, I think, on doing NFT events in Malaysia. Um, I have zero ROI from it. And the entire intent of it was to tell Malaysians that you can make a living from this. You know, there's an opportunity here. I hope you come and take a look at it. But this next step and the next step and the next step is not about me anymore or it's not about any other whale anymore. It's about you finding whether you could find a new market, whether you could try different chains, you know, find new communities. You've got to evolve. You've got to learn and all that. You know, and nobody could do that for you. Uh, and you're meant to do that yourself. And the harder you try it yourself, you increase your chances of success, right? Because you get into the space, you learn more about communities, you learn about what kind of art does well, or, you know, which chain does well, you know, why does those chain do well? You find out, I, I, I like a Pluto. I think he does a couple of projects and he's, you know, he, he never asks me to buy anything or anything like that. And he will try very hard to try it on different chains. And I thought that was very respectable because that's exactly what I think you should do, right? If it doesn't work on Pentas, it's not Pentas fault. It's, it, it's just that, you know, Pentas is something that we know in our little world. But if you see, I always say this, when you want to sell umbrellas, you don't go to a place where it's all sunshine, right? You try to sell umbrellas in where it's all sunshine, you're not going to sell anything, right? But you go to a place where there's always rain, right? And then you try to sell the umbrellas, it's all going to be completely sold out, right? And I used to watch, it's like selling cookies, right? If you try to sell cookies uh, in, a, in a gym, nobody's going to buy it, right? You go and sell cookies, uh, in front of a weed shop, you know, after they all smoke up, you know, they're all going to be really hungry, right? So they're going to eat up all your cookies, right? So it's the same concept, right? If you want to have to sell your NFTs or your artwork, it's not about figuring out whether it's Pentas or whether it's, you know, a chain. It's about finding out today where does it work and then you go build over there and tomorrow that can change and you go build over there. You need to be adaptable to it as well, right? So, yeah, you don't, it's not about whales. That's not, that's not the answer to the to, to, to the question that you're asking. The question that you need to be asking is what can you do about your situation, right? Like that's how you control your 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 your, your destiny. You know, if you think that Solana is going to, if you look at Solana, you can see so much activity going on. How, how are projects still minting out, right? And people like Apluto figured that out, right? And he's doing it. You know, Roach does a different kind of approach and I find Roach um, super admirable. I know he, 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 he tries this in real life and NFT bridging you know, that's amazing, right? Like, it's a different kind of approach as well. Um, 
I think Tiger Punks does a different kind of approach where he tries to fuse NFT and education. So my point to this is like, it, forget about whether it's Pentas or whether it's OpenSea or whether it's uh, Magic Eden, you know. Your idea is for you to go and try out everywhere. Uh, put your art here, put your art there, you know, and see and learn and see the ones that you, you like and you want to take off from them, right? Pentas is a great place for step zero, step one. Step two, you know, and maybe it will grow from there. The more features that they will go in, maybe you could have a whale sweep of stuff, right? You know, um, but the question, the answer is not whether you need one whale or two whales or three whales, that'll never be the answer, right? You need also market conditions to change and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I know a lot of people complain about Pantas, but that's not how it works, right? And Pantas does a great job to be fair to them, they 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 they, they started and it gives you a really good opportunity to learn, but. Go where the rain is. Sell umbrellas where the rain is, right? So, yeah. Derek, does it answer your question? Exactly. Uh, thanks for your advice, Abuji. Okay. And uh, on behalf of my fellow Pentassian collectors and, and maybe some uh, artists, we would uh, like to record our uh, appreciation for your support all this while. Oh. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Another another wave of appreciation will will come later also uh, because I have also received quite a few DMs asking uh, uh, us to thank you personally because of all your contributions to the NFT. But we'll leave that for last before we end the session. Yep. But like another business proposition. Oh, you want to hear? another scam. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one is not a scam okay. before I move to okay, okay. This one is confirmed legit. Okay, okay. okay just now, uh, you mentioned cookies with wheat. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so <laughs> this, I'm glad you picked move that up. To, <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. We're going to move to, to the United States. You and me, we're going to have a first-class flight, okay? No economy. economy First-class flight. Mm -hmm. We go there. We're going to make some cookies, okay? We don't care whether the cookies is good or bad. Then we just wait outside all those pubs. Anybody smoking weed, we sell them cookies. Yeah. And we tell them Malaysian cookies. How about that? I, it'll work, man. It'll definitely work. <laughs> Yeah, just just for jokes. Uh. Right now, we move to the next uh, speaker over here. Kay, welcome. Kay, how are you, Kay? Is everything, is everything okay? Hello, yes. I'm quite busy handling event here and there. Um, been long time. I haven't speak with you guys. I mean, personally, you. Uh, Abuji, this is my first time Hello. talking to you. It's uh, quite uh, uh, nervous. <laughs> Maafkan kalau nervous. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, tapi nak tambah tadi, uh, part of selling the cookies kan, I think kalau nak jual cookies yang paling rancak, kek lapis. That shit is good. <laughs> and that shit is good. Like kek lapis. And exactly. So, um, okay, <laughs> the questions. Actually, um, uh yeah as as uh people com most of the community know I, uh that I'm doing mental health uh project in NFT space and uh, it's not much likely like um, you know making profit in NFT centric but we are more focusing on um, building the community safe space I mean I we I would call myself myself the street, the first um um local uh, NFT project and do a uh, peer support group through um art therapy. Uh, concept and activities so um, in terms of uh, building you know like the, um, giving the um, awareness about uh, mass adoptions is uh, still quite hard tambah-tambah uh, lagi now uh, bear market right so 
um, I would like to ask if uh, what do you suggest for um, project that are building right now? Um, uh, focus on what kind of like market research in in this um, to improvise the um, you know um, mass adopt- adoption punya usage for crypto and, and NFT. That one is uh, one thing. Another second one. Of course, I want to ask how you guys um, um, handling uh, your mental health during this bear market. Okay, that's all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, mass adoption is not something that... I mean, we, we feel like we're responsible that we should do something about it. But you can't, you can't force um, what the market does. Um, but there's still a lot of... A lot of you know, still a lot of money in, in the market. I mean, the market cap is still 800 and something billion, right? And there's still people in it. But if you want to talk about bringing in uh, people who are non-crypto into crypto, um, this time it's a bit harder to do it because all this bad news that comes out every week, you know, FTX comes out, you know, my dad sends me all these articles, you know. So the, the sentiment is kind of low, um, but within the industry itself, um, it, will take, it will pick up again eventually, uh, whether it's, you know, and crypto actually has a lot of applications. Stable coins actually are used a lot. I use it a lot to send cross-border transactions. Um, that's the reason why I think stable coin markets are like 142 billion. Uh, still, it's still quite a big number, I guess. Um, NFTs are doing very well. You know, Tiffany's are still doing their stuff. Uh, it's just that sometimes prices are like unreachable for a lot of people. That's why people like to do the whole minting thing. Uh, again, I, m- I mentioned I was quite amused. And last week there was this project called Cleosaurus, Cleinosaurus, whatever it is, it's some dinosaur thing. And I found that amazing, amusing because you know people were still working to mint this stuff and you know flip it and whatever. But the, the people behind the project were working very hard to go to phase two, phase three, phase four, whatever that looked like. So, yeah, I mean, like if you want to talk about selling things in this market you got to work you know double or triple or quadruple harder uh and that's a good thing it's not a bad thing it's a good thing because you get to learn a lot of stuff and you get to you get to cultivate the right habits and then the next bull run comes in and if you're still around uh, with the new skills that you have you will make a ton of money if that's your objective luck um if you just you know but stick around for the you know make a lot of friends and learn a lot of stuff you can do that you know but mass adoption right now because you use that word study um, it might be a little bit hard because the sentiment is bad, but I've seen it before. This is the exact same thing that happened in 2018, 2019. Actually, actually, you know, there's always some bad thing that comes out and, you know, your father or your grand you know, or your uncle or, you know, your auntie or your mom will send you a, a screenshot of bad news and say, oh, look at this, you're, it's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lousy industry or whatever it is, but you know, just ignore all that stuff because the technology that we've developed today is is inevitable you know it's definitely going to last for a long time and it's going to evolve so yeah um mental health i what am i doing what am i doing what am i doing god what am i doing okay well it's bear market so you know i do a lot of cookies with weed i didn't want to say it No, I mean, like you know, I've been, um, I've been, I've been generally going out uh, and seeing the world. I, I've, I've been very happy over the last two weeks or three weeks. You see, because I worked with so many people, and we, you know, when we hustled so hard for five years, and I think two weeks ago, I went and I met my best friends who I've been working with for five years that I've never met, and I would say that 
it was never about the money and really was about, you know, finding your tribe. And I really hope that if people take away anything from this whole thing tonight is find your tribe, you know, find your friends, you know, be, you know, forget about the money, you know, it'll come eventually, I promise. But, you know, have fun doing everything along the way. You know, if you want to work on projects, work on projects together, you know. Go out, touch some grass, lot. Yeah, mostly. Touch, uh, most yeah, like yeah. I mean, best meet, practice. Meet your, friends, uh, yeah. meet your friends that you work online online with. You build a trust, right? And then you have more ideas coming in. So you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Travel the world, go and take a look at what what it looks like out there. Find inspiration. Thank so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and also smoke up if you yeah. if you need to, I didn't say that. <laughs> My wife listening, so I'm just, just going to. Hello, boys. <laughs> and Kayla, please yes, and Kayla, please yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh uh Kate, does that uh, answer your questions? Do you have any more anything else? Um definitely answer my question. I if uh, you let me ask more questions, it's gonna be dangerous because we're gonna turn that Kate Lapis business into something else. <laughs> so yes. Okay, bye guys. Thank you. I I hope you guys are you know having thank you yeah. so much for this sharing. It's quite it's quite, it's quite insightful and a fresh new perspective how we can see or look about right. the market right now. And yeah, work me. Bye. Bye. Thank, thank you so much, Kay. Later about the business proposition can discuss through DM. <laughs> when you think about <laughs> digital scarcity and things that are, you know, they can't be copied, that are easily reproduced. <laughs> ah, hi. Uh, child of mine. Is it is it a sweat sweat child of mine? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. You're up next. Uh, hello. Fifty dollars. Um, and so, like, when you think about the concept of digital scarcity and things that are, you know, they can't be copied, that are easily reproduced. <laughs> well, but they're not the same. I think he's uh, he's obviously on some very heavy weight, lah, Abuji, huh? <laughs> That's actually a clip from, I think, the Keanu Reeves interview. Oh, really? Yeah, I recognize it. I see, I see. Okay. Let, let me just um, do us a favor and uh, get on with some other questions, lah, okay? okay. Uh, I, we've received some DMs. I've received some DMs. I think at least two or three DMs. Okay. They have questions. Uh, do, do you still have some time to go over these questions, Awuchi? Uh I could do maybe one more. I should probably... Okay. Maybe, yeah. Okay, let me just... Uh, pick your favorite one. Pick the best. Give me a hard okay. one. Let's do a hard one. Okay, this 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 one is a bit a bit hard, okay. but I can assure you it's not about cookies and wheat, okay? okay. Um, speaking of USDT as a stable coin, yeah. Binance probably holds around ten percent of it. Okay. Recently, CZ, which is the Binance CEO, mm -hmm. has been really strange about sending two billion to an unknown wallet, saying that mm -hmm. it is for audit purposes mm -hmm. and all. Mm -hmm. The question is, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts generally on CZ? Mm -hmm. Can Binance last mm -hmm. or be, or will it be the next FTX? Yeah. What are the odds of USDT crashing and losing its peg? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, I tell you what, I've been in this industry for like five or six years. I've seen a lot and I was with my friends. We were in a foreign country about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And we were by the beach and we were laughing. And 
I think one of my best friends, he was he was there and we've been doing this industry for so long. We've seen everything. We have, we largely avoided, we avoided Luna. We've avoided the crash. We, we came out on top of most of everything. But in that particular evening, afternoon, I think it was about 2 p.m. And he said something like, no way FTX is insolvent. He says this, no way FTX is insolvent. And by 7 p.m., we got the news that FTX had stopped withdrawals already, right? So that was like a five hour. So no matter how much experience we've had and all that, arrogance can cost you money. Yeah. So I'd, I want to say something like, I believe in CZs. I believe in Binance. I do. Um, I did that when I was in 17, 18, 18. You know, Binance saved my portfolio back then. But I think it's an very arrogant thing to say that nothing can fail, you know, and, and Binance can be in that position as well. I saw the, the issue about the 2 billion going back and forth because it was part of proof of reserve and all that, right? But it was, he was his idea in the first place anyway. So I wouldn't say people can panic and panic is panic. You know, that's all, that's all it is. But if you feel unsafe about keeping in an exchange and don't, don't, don't stay on the exchange, you know, just use a small amount the whole point of decentralized exchanges is for you to do this without having to worry that your funds get stuck. And about USDT, USDT, uh, I give you another example of USDT. USDT was, I argue a lot with my friends about USDT. I always say that USDT is safe. Why? Because since 2017, I've been seeing all this FUD about USDT and USDT survived everything. Everything. The worst possible FUD in USDT saved everything. And then recently they've been Reducing the commercial paper, I think they're like 90% one one and so on and so forth. But the biggest thing about crypto that you need to understand is how geographically wide stable coins actually are. People like to talk about BTC, people like to talk about ETH, but the biggest winner of crypto is actually stable coins. Now, I tell you this because not everybody understands how pro proliferated USDT is in our normal economy. You know, you've got World Cup. Uh, going on right now so thereby like illegal betting season is on right chinese or mm. korean betting websites are making a ton of money right on matches right a lot of that settlement is actually done in usdt not usdc but usdt right and not a lot of westerners understand that and thereby it reduces the chances of failure there was something that ust couldn't do they couldn't get utility for their stablecoin because USDT and USDC already conquered the market, right? And um, USDC, because you can get the address blocked, but USDT is, you know, still free running, so and so forth. So I would say like, yeah, I, I believe in Binance. I have uh, some amount of my portfolio on it, but, you know, 90% uh, of what I have is uh, on-chain, so on decentralized stuff because I don't want to lose it. Yeah, at the end of the day, trust no one. You know, yeah. Everybody who's, especially I think CEOs and billionaires, these are the people that uh, we should trust the least because they are probably just here for your money. A lot of CEOs like Do Kwon, Stan Bankman Free, they have they share a lot of similarities. And at the end of the day, if we end up trusting them too much, we get too cocky with ourselves, and and, and we still have this, uh, I would say, delusional thought that that everything is fine and then fine and dandy and then here goes ust here goes ftx then suddenly boom binance you know yeah. the next day we, we we may not know yeah although things seem 
everything seems okay right now, but within the next five years, it's very difficult to tell. No, but even the smartest people get get hit, right? Like I've got friends who lost exactly. eight and nine figures from FTX, so you know, and these guys are smart. Yeah, I mean, not 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 just friends, right? I think a lot of hedge fund managers, a lot of institutions, yeah, yeah. they trusted FTX, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and it ended up FTX was just uh, founded by a bunch of. MIT kids. Yeah. But, you know, Sequo- <laughs> uh, Sequoia said that they did the due diligence. Um, Tomasic said they did the due diligence. So, you know, you got really smart people who look at it and still it yeah. turned out that way. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I really like the part where you said earlier during the session not to put all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. diversify. Yeah. Spread your risk. Yep. And, and, and so that if one falls, you'll take a hit, but, but at least it's not a very big hit. Yep. Like, you know. Yeah. I think we've come to the end of our session already. Uh, allow me to really uh, receive tons of DMs. Not questions, by the way. They're mm. just DMs of people thanking you. Okay. Oh, okay. And, uh, My pleasure. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's too many to narrate their names. Uh, and, and it really just allow me to, on behalf of the crypto community, whether it's from Pentas or yeah. any other chain, thank you so much for all your contribution yeah. to, the, to, the com- to the community. And I think all of us really appreciate the work that you're currently doing. No, thank you. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what, what work yeah. I'm doing, doing recently, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this to you, I think it's passion. La. I, oh, I yeah, appreciate, yeah. we appreciate your... For the yeah, love of the and, game. And it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, before, before I end this session, I just want to pass the mic over to you one more time yeah. just to allow you to close this session. Do you have any last words for the community? And... Uh, how many BAYCs do you have? <laughs> uh, I, it's all on chain. You can find it. Like I said, I've been repeating this for a long time. I think the whole point of why I wanted to do this session was there, there's going to be a lot of you who think whether this space was worth it or not. And there's going to be a lot of you who think that you should just quit and never look back. And you might get angry at this space. You might get disappointed and you might get your uncles and fathers and aunties and whatever come and tell you that you know just don't bother working in this space but i can tell you as someone who had it worse before that this space rewards you um like multiple folds compared to your um to the effort that you put in so if you can survive the bear market and you're so lucky because you get to choose so many things that you get to do now, um, anywhere between community management, community building, um, all the way to trading or research and analysis or copywriting. You know, there's a, so many skill sets that you get to do now. So if you could, if you don't mind trying, you should try this stuff uh, and survive the bear market. And then when the bull market comes, you're gonna, you're just gonna make so much money and you're gonna be so happy um, that you stayed. Because it's not really about the money. It's always about if you want to, if you, that's what the thing they say, right? Like if you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together, right? So you find your tribe and you go together. So that way, you know, you don't feel so, you don't feel as if the market's so bad, right? So find a way to pay the bills. Um, but meantime, stay in the space because I guarantee you that it will reward you over a long run. Yeah, that is definitely guaranteed like, because this space today itself is already, I'm sure, rewarding to a lot of listeners out there, a lot of artists who probably want on the verge of giving up. I think you may have been one of the catalysts to prevent them from, you know, really throwing in a towel and, 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 and giving up. Like. 
But to really just add on to what you said and close up the session, uh, just my personal tips uh, to prepare for a recession because a recession is forecasted next year. <laughs> and Abuji, we can talk about that in our next session. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think cash is king. You have liquidity and also make sure right now not losing money is making money. Keep your 9 to 5 job if you have one. Now's the worst time to say that. My employer is exploiting me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to find a different job. <laughs> at least you have a job. Yeah. Okay. Earn additional income. Take the risk. Go and start like a YouTube channel. Do a podcast or anything. You know, as your side passion. Work extra hard if you can. Uh, if you have a DCA plan, go on with it. But remember to do your portfolio rebalancing. Yeah, make sure you have a portfolio pie chart of your assets and then DCA accordingly to your risk preference. And lastly is to make sure you save up at least six months to one year of rainy day funds so that let's say you're laid off from your job, unfortunately, you'll still be able to survive and meanwhile work on something you're more, I would say, interested in. You have anything more to add, Abuji, to this? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, thank you so much again no worries, for man. agreeing to join thank the session. Thank you so much for having me, actually. Your first appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was great. Thank you so much. When next round? <laughs> when next round? <laughs> we, we, will, we will discuss it with our business propo proposition. <laughs> which, yeah, oh, more cookies. <laughs> over cookies. More cookies. Okay. More cookies. Great. Right. Okay, guys. Good night. Good night.